You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox from Pro Football Focus and USA Today's BearsWire.com. And I'm here to give you your fix of Chicago Bears talk to help feed that addiction here in this downtime of the NFL offseason. Today we're going to dive into a little bit of a mailbag podcast answering a question that I got on Twitter from one of our loyal listeners here on the podcast. Tom Papalardo tweeted me the other day and asked about James Daniels and I'll read his tweet here. He is on Twitter at Tom underscore Papalardo. He said, if James Daniels is superior to Charles Leno in terms of athleticism and other ways is similar in strength, yet Daniels' arm length is only five-eighths of an inch shorter, why not have Daniels compete for the left tackle spot, and if he loses out, then have him play at left guard? And I credit Tom for being so creative here in his thought because I hadn't even considered something like that. It wasn't, you know, when you think about James Daniels, a guy that had played center for most of his career, that's just, you don't naturally think to say, oh, what about moving to the left tackle? But when you do look at some of his tools and, and his physical build and his skill set, he's not too far off from where a Charles Leno might be. But as we're going to discuss today on the podcast, a lot goes into playing offensive tackle versus playing offensive guard. And it can be more of a complicated switch than people think. And in the general scheme of the Bears offensive line, I'm not sure the potential Daniels experiment at left tackle is worth it, but it's not something I would totally rule out as a, as a possibility. I know some people, when you look at offensive line, and you know, I don't want to put Tom into this category at all for, for his question because it's a very valid question, but I think other people can get caught up a little bit in the offensive line positions and seeing how frequently players do tend to move around when it comes to the NFL. And NFL offensive line coaches really don't hesitate sometimes to, to flip guys from left to right side like we saw what was it, last preseason, the Bears were trying Kyle Long on the left side and Josh Sitton on the right side randomly for no reason, and then they flipped him back before the regular season because that was obviously where they were more comfortable. And, you know, when worst comes to worst and you have to make adjustments on your offensive line, oftentimes you are forced to make a guy play a slightly new position, sometimes in the heat of the moment, and again, sometimes at the expense of quality of play. But with tackle and offensive guard, it's two different types of athletic ability. And I hope I don't struggle to demonstrate this here in in spoken word, because it is something that I think is easier to see than it is to explain in words. And, you know, I wouldn't consider myself an offensive line expert by any means. We've had a few guys I would consider in that area on this podcast before, you know, Owen Reese who uh, broke down the Packers for us a couple months ago, and uh, even Brandon Thorne at Veteran Scout on Twitter, who came on to break down James Daniels right after the draft. Two guys that I highly respect 
the offensive line opinions of, you know, I've, I've scouted offensive linemen in, in my day, and I, I know a thing or two about the position, but Owen especially played it at the college football level, and I know Brandon puts a lot of time in focusing on that position. But from what I understand about the offensive line, there's it's, it's a very different type of athleticism when you're talking about an athletic guard versus an athletic offensive tackle. You know, like James Daniels specifically, this is a guy that moves well for an interior offensive lineman, whether that's a center or that's a guard. He's a guy that can really get off, especially in the running game, can get off the snap, get to his defender, keep his feet moving, and get around him on a reach block when he's blocking in zone, or can get get to the second level with, with decent quickness and having a good understanding of where he needs to get to on his landmarks. And he's a guy that it's it's athleticism in terms of being able to move his body quicker than you would expect for a 6'4", 300 pound guy. He can he can you he can shift his weight and not get too you know it, it's it's not quite quick feet. I mean he does have quicker feet, but it's not necessarily about quick foot quickness. He's just able to kind of keep his weight in front of him a little bit and and generate enough force with his legs to get himself to defenders and around defenders in conjunction with the hand usage. And, you know, I think for an offensive, you know, for an interior lineman, for a guard, for a center, he does a pretty good job of, of using this kind of short area quickness off the snap. And, you know, he has pretty good awareness with what's going on in the plays and, and that helps him play a little bit faster than other offensive linemen who maybe have to stop, think, read, react, and then move before you know they can really get off their feet and keep rolling. But Daniels, from a mental standpoint, is able to stay a few steps ahead. But when you talk about translating that to the offensive tackle position, it's a different type of reliance on your, your balance, your fluidity, your hips, your foot quickness and, and your explosiveness off of the snap. And, you know, realistically, the differences in run blocking aren't so significant. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a different, I mean, certainly it's an adjustment, but it's not as though it would be asking a lot of different things from Daniels because he's played guard and center. He knows how to block different defensive linemen that are, different distances away from him, whether it's, you know, a yard to his inside or a couple yards to his outside, you know, he's so good at getting two players that are lined up far away from him. And I think he wouldn't have too much of a too much trouble adjusting to the run blocking at the offensive tackle position, but it's pass protection that raises all the red flags. And for a couple different reasons, you know, Daniels strength when you watch him on tape at guard and center is clearly, I think, in the run blocking department. This is a guy that because he moves so well, when he was running those zone runs for the Iowa offense that did that so frequently, that was an area where he was able to excel. And, you know, he, he isn't the strongest guy in terms of like body strength, but he knew how to kind of use his legs to drive and, and get movement on blockers that way. But his clearly weaker side of his skill set is pass protection. And so that raises red flags as far as moving him to a new position in where 
pass protection would be different, but it's also just a, a position where pass protection doesn't necessarily line up as well with his physical tool. So let, let's, let's parse this out a little bit. Coming up next on Locked On Bears, we'll dive a little bit more deep into the technical aspects of offensive line play and the difference between offensive tackle and offensive guard, particularly when it comes to pass protection and how James Daniels may or may not quite fit in terms of his physical skill set with offensive tackle versus offensive guard. All that and more next on Locked On Bears. In terms of just pass protecting as an offensive tackle in general, you have to be able to get out of your stance quickly and slide your feet quickly to get out and be able to absorb and initiate the initial contact against the edge rusher rushing at you. And Daniels is explosive moving forward when it comes to the run and and having a landmark that he can get to and being able to kind of initiate contact because when you're coming off the snap on a running play, you're, you're getting a lot of momentum and you're, you're trying to, you know, hit the defender and, and move him right away. But in terms of pass protection, when you're coming off the snap, you have to stay balanced. You, you almost don't want to have momentum as an offensive tackle. You want to be above, you know, you want to have your center of gravity above your feet well enough that you can initiate contact and absorb contact from the defender. So you don't want to be, you know, pushing off with your feet and and moving too much in one direction so that if the rusher coming at you changes direction and goes to your inside or goes to your outside and you're not expecting it, then you don't have to stop your momentum and then start your momentum again in a different direction because then the the pass rusher will have already beaten you. You know, good offensive tackles, they get out of their stance out of their stance into their kick slides and by the time they're one or two steps back, they're they're moving but they're balanced. You know, the the way that the kick slide works, the the inside foot if you're a left tackle or right tackle, the inside foot is pushing you back and the outside foot is catching you and it's sort of a slide catch and you don't want to be moving in one direction you want to be like pushing and catching so that you're you're ready at a moment's notice to stop with that outside foot and engage with your hands and with your thighs and and really kind of squeeze your core to initiate that contact and so for a guy like james daniels his movement ability is better in terms of generating momentum and generating force with his entire body you know to kind of make up for the potential lack in natural strength he needs to kind of use that you know, that push off the snap and that push with his legs. But at the offensive tackle position, you need to be light on your feet. You need to be fluid in your hips. You need to be able to flip and turn and and be a dancing bear at that position. And I'm not sure James Daniels has necessarily shown the full skill set to be able to do so. It's not as though he can't and couldn't someday adjust to that type of position, but it's just not something we've seen him do. And when you would be moving him there to try and sort of change that mentality and that, that muscle memory with how his feet are supposed to go, how his hips are supposed to sink and how his hands are supposed to react as a result, it's, it can be a long and, and difficult adjustment process. And if you, if you take him from, you know, center or left guard and move him to tackle and then he struggles there and then you want to move him back to left guard, then he's not necessarily going to as naturally 
plug right back into left guard. I mean, certainly it's something he would readjust to very quickly, but it's it's every every snap he would then have taken at left tackle is one fewer snap he would have gotten used to at left guard and had less opportunity to master that position as he still tries to adjust from playing center full-time at Iowa. And I think there's even bigger implications here for this Bears offensive line as a whole, that if you were to identify James Daniels as an offensive lineman that you want to compete at left tackle with Charles Leno, I think you're leaving yourself a little bit more vulnerable than on the interior, that I don't necessarily feel comfortable with Charles Leno moving inside the left guard. I don't think he quite has, you know, the physical strength and the ability to anchor the way you want your interior offensive lineman to. So Charles Leno would either be your swing tackle or he would compete at right tackle. And I know, I think early in his career, when he joined the Bears as an undrafted free agent, he played a little bit of guard. And he played a little bit of right tackle, too, competing with Jordan Mills on that side when German Bushrod was the left tackle. That was just a, a whole different animal on the Bears offensive line back then. But clearly, he's found a very comfortable spot and, and a good home at left tackle. The Bears invested a long contract extension in him at that position. They seem confident in him there moving forward, even if he may not be a top five left tackle in the NFL. And he may not ever get to that point. He can consistently be a top 15 left tackle on that side, a little bit better in pass protection than he is in run blocking. And he is a left tackle you can definitely live with, and I think the Bears are pretty content with him there. But if James Daniels were there, and you have to move Charles Leno as a result, I I question what exactly then happens with the interior positions. You know, does Cody Whitehair then move over to left guard? And you start Hronis Grasu at center. I mean, that's not a, a move I would endorse by any means. Any Anytime you get Hronis Grasu into the starting lineup, I think your offensive line is moving backwards. Or does Whitehair stay at center and Eric Cush plays left guard? Or, or maybe Eric Cush at center. I mean, whatever position you would prefer, Whitehair and Eric Cush. I think that would be your next best interior offensive lineman there. I mean, maybe Larry Watford, if he can show more in training camp than he showed in his previous years with the Arizona Cardinals, where I I particularly thought he struggled. I mean, it just doesn't seem like as much as there is depth on the interior of the offensive line, there aren't a lot of guys on this roster that you would really want to be starters other than kind of the five that you're looking at now. And I, I didn't mean to overlook Jordan Morgan. I'm just not ready to put a, a second year, sixth round pick as a potential starting candidate just yet. And after a quick break here on Locked On Bears, we'll take a bigger picture look at the construction of this Bears offensive line and sort of the thought process that goes into making it the way it is now and how that kind of affects the future of the five blockers up front. Keep it locked here on Locked On Bears. So when you look at the offensive line as a whole, the cliche and the goal that they say every year is you put your best five players on the field. And right now, your best five players are Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long, James Daniels, Charles Leno, and Bobby Massey. Probably in that order. Maybe a couple guys you could switch around in there, but somewhat in that order. And so to best 
put those five players on the field at positions that will most maximize them. It's Leno at left tackle, Daniels at left guard or center with with Cody Whitehair taking the other spot. And and I suppose that's the other thing too. I, I think Cody Whitehair could probably play left tackle too. Another guy with a little bit shorter arms, but he played that in college at Kansas State. I mean, the Bears do have options there other than Charles Leno if they really wanted to. But it's clear that they don't really want to. And I can kind of understand with this offensive line, you have to fight one battle at a time here. And I think the the big battle this offseason was replacing Josh Sitton, which was a battle I thought was a self-inflicted wound. I didn't agree with the decision to move on from Sitton. It didn't seem to make sense from a on-field production standpoint or a financial standpoint, just based on what the free agent market was going to look like. We talked about that back a couple months ago this offseason when it was fresh in free agency. Still feels like there's something that was going on behind the scenes with Josh Sitton and the Chicago Bears that never really came out as to why the Bears opted not to bring him back, whether it be injury or you know some other disagreement with players on the team or coaches or whatever. There's still something fishy for me about that Josh Sitton situation, but that was the big battle number one. When Sitton was gone, you have to find a new left guard. You know, even if you want to upgrade your left tackle position, it's it's a position that I think a lot of teams want to upgrade. You can never be too good at the left tackle spot. But priority number one, address left guard, and then priority number two should be address right tackle. That Bobby Massey is clearly the weak link on this offensive line with with James Daniels now in the fold. And so from there, if you if you upgrade at right tackle, then maybe then Charles Leno and left tackle becomes the next weakest position on the offensive line. Although even that, I think, depending on what kind of performance we see from everybody else this year, could even be debatable. I mean, he is a solid but unspectacular, closer to average than great left tackle. And, and like we've been saying, you're just going to have to live with Charles Leno. And even though James Daniels might have some tools to be able to play right left tackle, he's better off on the interior Cody Whitehair is probably better off on the interior. And in the grand scheme of the Bears' offensive line, their best bet is to roll with the five guys they have, their five best players, generally at the five positions that they're sitting at now. And, you know, the offseason is the time to upgrade the offensive tackle positions, but Bobby Massey is priority number one, and Charles Leno falls lower down the list. I do want to thank Tom Papalardo again for submitting that question on Twitter for a little bit of a mailbag podcast today. If you have any questions for me that you want addressed in, in this type of a form, feel free to tweet me at Cox Sports One. That's C O X Sports and the number one. Or you can just tweet the show at Locked On Bears. Be happy to answer any and all Chicago Bears questions you have. I don't think I've ever done a mailbag type podcast four lockdown bears yet so this was a nice fun new thing and mixing it up a little bit and getting to talk a little bit deeper on this offensive line something i feel like we haven't really talked about much this offseason just because you can kind of finally feel a little bit more comfortable with how these five pieces are starting to fit in place and now it's just like okay let's see what these five guys can do there's not question marks so much anymore about who the starters are going to be or or what all that's going to entail. But it is interesting to kind of look at, okay, well, are they truly putting their five best players in the best positions to be successful, a la James Daniels, whether it's center, left guard, or left tackle? 
On the next episode of Locked On Bears, we'll be wrapping up the AFC North portion of the Chicago Bears schedule with the Buffalo Bills. We've got a guest coming from a radio station in Buffalo who will help us break down what's going on with Josh Allen and everything that the weird kind of year the the Bills had last year and following into a weird offseason. They're just one of the weird teams in the NFL and I'm not even necessarily sure exactly what to expect from them. I mean, given that they were a playoff team last year that seemingly wasn't trying to make the playoffs, and then they move on from their quarterback, they draft the rookie, they sign A.J. McCarron, they have Nathan Peterman. We'll get the scoop on what's going on with all that. We'll get the scoop on their defense and where they stand after having lost a couple pretty big pieces in the last couple of years. And we will get a good feel for where the Chicago Bears kind of stack up. You know, are, are the Buffalo Bills enough of a question mark that you can pencil in a W for the Bears on the schedule there? Or should we be more concerned about uh, a playoff team in the AFC from last year? That'll be next on the next episode of Locked On Bears. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you're not missing any of our great episodes. And I just ask you, as always, to keep it locked on Locked On Bears. And of course, bear down.